Germans and why don't we start with the the West and um, why don't we start with the actual formation of the FRG and and what the the, the Constitution the Bonn Constitution says yes. about queer Germans. So um, you have essentially in forty six, uh, as I mentioned, you already have you know you have elections in the Eastern Zone, you also have elections in the Western Zone, and these are tightly regulated elections, parties have to apply to, you know, get the right to be a party. Uh, You have all sorts of wacky parties, you know, like monarchist parties that try to form um, and are largely not allowed to contest these elections. And what emerges is a country that's pretty evenly divided between the old Social Democratic Party, which has sort of continued to exist throughout the Nazi period in exile, and then a newly constituted Christian Democratic Union, which is sort of a a binding together of Germany's old political Catholicism with um, Protestant factions. Uh, And West Germany, it's important to point out, is at that point, it's roughly split between Protestants and Catholics, whereas the old German Reich had been about two-thirds Protestant. So Catholics make up a much larger proportion, which gives a lot more weight to the CDU. So they contest these And they're states. also <laughs> much more in line with American views of what proper politics is. I mean, to me, yes. I, I mean, Sam, tell me if I'm wrong. This is the Americans. Fundamentally, at a fundamental structural level, the Americans are creating Christian Democratic Germany, in my opinion. Do you disagree? Yes. No, and it's, it's very similar to what they're doing like in Italy and other parts yes. right, France, of, of yes. occupied Europe. No, absolutely. It's, and, and what's so interesting, though, so this is actually um, – a very loosely defined third book project that I've started working on about the democratization process in post-war Germany. And in the sort of basic digging around in archives that I've started doing, what's fascinating is that you have all these um, German bureaucrats and state officials who are trying to figure out what these American occupiers mean by democratization and trying to sort of, you know, apply, apply this. And even down to the level of like, um, you know, what colored pencils they should be using to mark up documents. Like, what what color is a democratic color? I mean, it's 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 almost funny because um, you do have this merging of, like, what Americans mean, which, off, you know, a lot of what Americans mean by democratization is decentralization, right? They want a highly federal system sort of along the American lines that does actually mesh well with the German political system, which had been federal before the Nazis took power, Anyway, that's that's sort of a whole different. Here, thing, Sam, but- let me drop let me drop this bomb. This is important because you see that capitalist bourgeois Democrats are actually believers in democracy, and it's not the working class that brought Christian democracy to Europe, but it was bourgeois capitalists. When on the left, oftentimes you see the opinion that capitalists are actively hostile to democracy. I do not think that is actually accurate. I think there are versions of capitalism that are actively hostile to democracy, but no, I don't think, I I think capital, yeah, I I don't, I, I wouldn't say that capitalism is necessarily in all of its forms innately hostile to democracy. Right. And I think yeah. it just highlights the limits. It's interesting to me because today the resonance is that people constantly defend democracy, democracy, democracy. And, and sure, I, I, I like democracy as well. But 
they oftentimes defend it, at least on the left, with the argument that it's the working class that kind of brought democracy. And I do not think that is accurate. And this is, so this is one of the big points of my book, right, is that we have this assumption that, um, you know, the book is about queer people, this assumption that democracy is good for queer people. And as we, you know, are about to get into, democracies are not always good for queer people. So I think, I mean, you know, the one of my big intellectual commitments, both in the book and sort of in ongoing research, is to try and disentangle our assumptions about different state and economic forms and what they mean for, in particular, sort of marginalized groups in different societies. Uh, but um, no, I think that's completely correct, right? This sort of very bourgeois capitalist version of democracy.